Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Brodo Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm here with my brothers, Tim and Jay. What's up, fellas? What's up? Yo, I thought I was going to be hosting. That shit took me completely by surprise. Nah, you're, you ain't in the room. You don't host. Get working, it right. Get it tight. You're working remote. You know, we're taking precautions because Tim works at a school, you know? So, well, I used to work at a school, and then this shit happened, and now I don't anymore. Yeah, so, so now that now, the world has been COVIDed, um, I'm back in studio and Tim's not, so now he's the special guest. Ha! Yeah, now I'm the special <laughs> guest. Oh my god, I don't, I don't know how I feel about this. I feel like you're considerably less special than Jason is. You're just saying that because he looks exactly like you. <laughs> but guys, what we're gonna do here today? We'll just start. First off, we have a guest today. The second half of this podcast, we will have on Mike Beers, co-owner of Rotoviz and Razbol champion of last year. That was a great talk. We discussed uh, some best balls, some free tips. agent signings. He's already done a handful of best balls this year, so he gave a look into that as well. It was a good time, so make sure to stay on for that. Mike Beers was on last year and gave us some best ball tips. Very, very smart guy when it comes to best ball. That is his specialty in the fantasy world. And we, us three, are going to start by discussing the craziness that has been the last two or three days of free agency it really has been crazy it has been absolutely insane there are countless number of players we will be talking about so you guys ready to dive right into it let's get it let's do it Welcome back to the Brodo Fantasy Football Podcast presented by BrotoFantasy.com. I'm your host, Tim Petrop, with my brothers, the only two twins that give you double that fantasy goodness, Michael and Jason Petrop. Free agency is here and players are being signed and traded. It's so nice that free agency is here because it gives you something to think about besides like, is the world going to end? Is this the apocalypse? Did you guys see? I think it was uh, Teddy Bridgewater. The, yep. uh, because of the... Uh, we'll get to Teddy Bridgewater. But because of like the NFL policies right now and you can't do physicals and stuff, um, the Panthers tweeted, per NFL network, mm-hmm. the Carolina Panthers yeah. have signed Teddy Bridgewater. <laughs> yeah, there's a bunch of those. The, the, the Carolina... I mean, the Arizona Cardinals, who, by the way, I know everyone got mad at their... At their um, at their Twitter last year, because they said you should have started Chase Edmonds or whatever. Remember when Chase Edmonds mm-hmm. went crazy? And um, they actually have a really good social media team, and they had a picture of of DeAndre Hopkins in an Arizona Cardinals uniform, and all of a sudden, and they were like, "Oh, wouldn't this be cool if it was true?" With like a little winky face. By the way, sorry about these these like random bangs in the background over here. That's my heat coming on. For some reason, that's what happens when you live in a hundred year old apartment. I I didn't even realize it until you pointed it out. So, thanks for that. There you go. No so I guess we'll start with the most recent news or most recent as of now, eight p.m. on a nice Thursday night. Todd Gurley being released by the Los Angeles Rams. Look, I know it was a cap hit. But this was pretty surprising to me. I don't think that actually just part ways with him. What do you think about it, Tim? This one was really surprising to me. But at the same time, if you like, you know, let's say hindsight's twenty twenty. If you look into the past and you see like what happened, you could kind of see this move coming from a distance. So he had that great year and then he hurt his knee. And there's all this, all these reports about he has arthritis in his knee. He did this. He did that. He did that. Whatever, whatever. And obviously his 
his play goes down. Um, at the end of last year, when he was the best fantasy player of all time, they didn't really ride him in the playoffs, and it was the C.J. Anderson show, and no one really knew why. And then, and then they draft a running back in the second round last year, and they're like, "Oh, don't worry, yeah, we still have confidence in Todd Gurley. Don't worry." And then they they basically phase him out of the offense completely this year, um, and well, that's except in the last, well, he they. <laughs> All right, it's it's a little bit of stress to say completely, but in the beginning of the year, it was almost completely. He had like ten touches a game, but then they, the year, as the season went on, they, when they needed him more. Yeah, I'm I'm getting into that. Then they ride him, right at the at the end of the season, which kind of gives you also the indication that they're getting ready to get rid of this guy. So like, you know, it wasn't obvious at the time, but the writing was on the wall that this was going to happen, and it's an interesting move because, you know, you hear a lot about. Everyone wants to go play with Tom Brady with the Buccaneers. The Buccaneers have a big hole at running back, and Peyton Barber's agent said he's not going to be back. So maybe Todd Gurley to the Buccaneers? It would be interesting. Wow, Tim just said the Bucks have a hole at running back. Mr. Ronald Jones over here just said he's a hole. I love it. I was going to say the same thing about if you're going to release Todd Gurley, why not just burn him to the ground then? The Rams were so much better when they were utilizing Todd Gurley last year, like so much better. I actually think this is going to make a difference. Uh, when it comes to running backs, don't matter. You're typically not talking about the stars. And Todd Gurley, even though he was playing hurt last year, the Rams were just a better team when he was on the field. I don't know why they didn't use him more if this was the result. You guys think they uh, they bring in another running back, or it's the Daryl Henderson show next season? I don't know. I feel like if, if it's the Daryl Henderson show heading into the year, I wonder how high he'll he'll get he'll start going in drafts. Tim, I mean, if you're looking at the starting running back for uh, Todd McVay offense, it's hard to see him slipping past the third round, and I think the third round would be even a stretch. I think he's probably a second round pick at this point. What? <laughs> Come on, man! Uh, it's pretty steep. Well, you think so? Todd Gurley was barely a second round pick last year. Todd Gurley was going in the beginning of the second Sorry, round. Sorry, he, he barely played like a second round pick. Is what I meant to say. No, I mean, yeah, sure, but that's because he had his complications. If you're talking about a young kid in the system who's probably going to get the ball, I mean, this obviously this is way too early to tell, and you have to obviously see what happens in the preseason and all that stuff. Uh, but if he ends up being the workhorse for this team, I mean, easily I think that he could be a second, third-round pick, easily. I don't know if I'd reach that high for him, but yeah, like you said, third round is mean, to still think I, about. I don't know if I would reach for him, but I think that that's where he'd be going. Next up, maybe the most impactful move so far. I mean, there's been a lot of impactful moves, so, but DeAndre Hopkins, David Johnson swap teams. DeAndre Hopkins goes to the Cardinals in the Cliff Kingsbury offense. David Johnson heads to Houston with Bill O'Brien, Deshaun Watson, and no DeAndre Hopkins. How do you guys feel about the DeAndre Hopkins move to the Cliff Kingsbury offense? I think that, listen, Kingsbury likes to spread it out more, but they also like to pass more. And the Cardinals are a very intriguing team now. Um, very And DeAndre Hopkins is a star. He's going to make himself open. Murray's going to love him. They're going to pass a lot. I think there's no way I move DeAndre Hopkins down in my rankings, whether he's one or two with Michael Thomas. Uh, so I don't think it changes it for me in that way. Tim? Um. I think there's a lot of repercussions in this deal. 
and I like it for a lot of people. Number one, DeAndre Hopkins being in an air raid offense like that is going to do nothing but raise his value, particularly after a kind of down year last year. I know it's it, he had a better year than most wide receivers, but that was a down year for him. So I think his value goes up if there's anywhere to even go up. Then you have David Johnson. We've said on this podcast that the Houston Texans are the number one destination for a free agent running back. So let's say that David Johnson has something left in the tank, which is definitely reasonable. He was injured last year, so you could see him bouncing back. He is in the best place that we've identified for a free agent running back. I think the biggest boon of this entire thing, though, is Kyler Murray. I think Kyler Murray is going to be a stud next year. I think he's going to be a star. Um, I don't know if I'm going to be drafting him because his I'm probably not the only person thinking this, and he'll probably be going way too early in drafts for me to take a quarterback. But I think Kyler Murray is going to be one of the more valuable fantasy quarterbacks next year. If I'm going out of a limb, I could I can imagine him being in a in a crazy world where everything goes right. I can imagine him being the number one overall quarterback next year. I smell a little bit of a uh, Baker Mayfield here in that. Baker, you know, had that great rookie season, and then the hype just was a little unreal in his second year and was going as a top five QB, which obviously he didn't even come close to living up to. I feel like it might get a little much with Murray's ADP. In an FFPC draft that I saw after, like directly after the Fitzgerald trade, he went in the fifth round as a third quarterback off the board. Like at that point, you're paying for ceiling, which I never like to do. So I don't know if I'd, uh, if I'd go that far, but I do think his stock definitely improves. How does it not? Adding DeAndre Hopkins. I mean, that dude's an absolute beast. But David Johnson, man, I I don't know what I don't know if I'm still gonna go after David Johnson because who knows what his ADP is gonna be. I've seen him going like the eighth round, seen him going like the fifth round. I mean, a fifth round pick, you could do worse than a fifth round pick for David Johnson in a Houston Texans offense is gonna be missing Nuke Hopkins. But he was so ridiculously bad last season. Yeah, but like Lamar Miller was getting drafted in the fifth round and Yeah. He's a doo-doo McDoodoo butter, so he is a doo-doo McDoodoo butter. How much worse can David Johnson be? No more. Right, Carlos exactly. Hyde, I think I, I suppose. Fifth round for David Johnson would definitely not be paying for ceiling. That would be paying for floor. Deshaun Watson, I know he obviously takes a hit here, but I mean they just brought in Randall Cobb. If they maybe draft a receiver or something to put on the outside with Will Fuller's injury woes and Kenny Stills, both of those guys can't stay healthy. Maybe they start using his legs more. That would be nice for his fantasy appeal. So I don't know if he drops as far as people think with the loss of DeAndre Hopkins. So if he falls to like QB 6, 7 range, maybe I'll start taking a stab at him every now and then as well, even though I don't usually like to pay up for QBs. I'm probably just going to let someone else have him this year. Fair enough. Um, Next, the Indianapolis Colts, the quarterback carousel continues. Gets, uh, no, that's not Mr. It. Phillip did, Rivers and his 14 sons. How did Ferris wheels go? It's, it's funny that you go with Philip Rivers as the first quarterback that you've decided to go. Michael, I need to get back in the fucking studio to host this shit. Real quick, What's going Tim, on here? Jason sent me this order, and somehow he has Philip Rivers right in front of Tom Brady, and I didn't realize. <laughs> Relax. Relax. Somehow. I was just I now, typing things based off my memory. I now Let's transition. I now transition. From Philip Rivers to TB12, we will return to Philip Rivers <laughs> because Tom Brady is the more important one here. Heading to Bruce Arians and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. You know what I haven't noticed? At the ripe age of 42. You know what I haven't noticed? Nobody's talking about how Bruce Arians is the one responsible for Kurt Warner's uh, 
resurgence in Arizona. Carson Palmer. Carson Palmer in Cincinnati. He, no, not, not Cincinnati, Cincinnati in, in Arizona. Wait, wait. Are you thinking Carson, it was Carson Palmer, Palmer then, Kurt not Warner? Kurt Warner? Yeah. Was <laughs> Bruce Arians was with the Steelers at the time of Kurt Warner? I was talking about Carson Palmer. Like he's brought a quarterback back from the dead before, and Tom Brady's not even dead yet. So this this can be good. This can be I, good. I am so not with the people who are saying Tom Brady is about to be exposed as a system quarterback. As someone who has been completely bamboozled by this fucking guy year after year as a Jets fan, I'm going to tell you this right now. Not only are the Bucks going to make noise in the AFC, I mean the NFC next year. Uh oh. Tom Brady is going to be a Pro Bowler. I, yo, there's no doubt about it. Look at what you're surrounding him with. You're surrounding him with Bruce Arians, who is one of the best offensive game planners of all time. One of the reasons why he meshes so well with these quarterbacks is because he lets them have input on the game. Tom Brady is going to bring his mind and Bruce Arians' mind. They're going to put that together, and they're going to use that mind to throw to Mike Evans and throw to O.J. Howard and throw to Chris Godwin and throw to maybe Antonio Brown and maybe throw to Todd Gurley in the fucking backfield. Are you fucking kidding me? Yo, Tom Brady's about to light this shit up, and whoever's whoever's doubting Tom Brady's a fucking idiot. I, I have no time for you. I have gonna, no time for you. He's gonna be forty three, right? So, like, so what? What do you mean? There's an age cliff for quarterbacks. We see it all the time, and I'm not saying he's gonna completely fall flat on his face, but say he's gonna light up the world and he's gonna be an automatic Pro Bowler is a bit much, I think. Carson Palmer with Bruce Arians when he was thirty six and thirty seven. 36 and 37, but it's also Carson Palmer. Exactly. Is Tom Brady at 42? 4,600 yards, uh, 35 touchdowns, and 11 picks. Did you see Tom Brady's arm? Do you know that Jameis Winston and Tom Brady had the exact same percentage of completions, touchdowns, um, and attempts with deep passes and tight windows? They were the exact same quarterback. Now imagine Jameis Winston without throwing fucking 30 interceptions. That's stupid. Who cares if the tight window... Volume is kind of a concern, too, though. It was the same amount of deep passes. Tom Brady and James Winston threw the exact same amount of deep passes. No, I'm saying for fantasy purposes, you prefer Winston because of the volume. I think it's a downgrade for Evans. Why? What do you mean, man? Have you seen Tom Brady quarterback over the last, like, three, four years? He has not had a... Real outside receiver in ages, and he has just thrown to the slot repeatedly and to his running back. Three, four years. Dude, they won the Super Bowl two years ago on his shoulders. I said he didn't have a real outside receiver. I didn't say he wasn't a good quarterback. Look, he had Antonio Brown for two weeks, and Antonio Brown lit it up downfield. Last Last season, Tom Brady was 27th in true throw value. Jameis Winston was 11th. Now, of I mean, course, the weapons have a lot to do with it. Yes, yes. That's what I was going to say. The, that's, the true throw value is also a product of the system. But he also threw a lot more. Just he so will I mean. throw more. Tom Brady will throw more. And I have no doubt about it. I'm, I'm all in on the Tom Brady bandwagon. If you guys want to doubt, you could doubt. I'm done t- doubting Tom Brady. I mean, we'll As see, a QB1 but... in fantasy? Yes. I, I can't guess, say that just yet. Alone more Tom Brady than me and Jason will at this point. But now we will move on to the more important quarterback and his 14 kids, Philip Rivers. Heading to the Indianapolis kids. Colts. One Someone? year, $25 million deal, I believe. Correct? How do you feel about Philip Rivers heading to the Colts, Jay? 
I mean, you guys know that I hate Jacoby Brissett. Just absolute hatred. I think he's awful. Basically, Teddy Bridgewater in my eyes. Not a compliment to Teddy Bridgewater either. So I this is just good things for that offense. Um, my first reaction was, damn it, I kind of like Marlon Mack a little more now. I am the I'm the podcast Marlon Mack hater as well. But if he's going to be catching passes, I think that's the interesting thing here. Um, because we know this puts T.Y. Hilton back uh, at the point where he was being drafted last year, not two years ago. So I don't think he's a second-round receiver again, but 3-4 with Phillip Rivers. I think that's definitely basically Keenan Allen, except he's not going to be in the slot as much. T.Y. Hilton's on way lower than that in drafts right now. Yeah, exactly. I think by the time things come around, he'll be back in the 3-4 round range. And I'll take him if he's there later. But Marlon Mack, if he can catch passes, then it'll be a whole different ballgame. I wonder if they're going to use him or Naheem Hines. Because if Naheem Hines are catching passes, then I'm, I don't like Marlon Mack again. I was going to say, yo, is there a possibility that Naheem Hines becomes Austin Eckler light? No, he's not nearly as good as Austin Eckler. That's why I said light, though. Like Austin Eckler in his first season. Is there a possibility that that happens? I don't really think so. Honestly. I think there is. So we know that that Philip Rivers likes to throw out out of the backfield. You know they're going to cater to him in this offense. That's why they paid him. I think that I think that Philip Rivers is going to come in and it's going to be Naheem Hines uh, catching the passes. And I think that Naheem Hines is going to have some fantasy value because of that. Like I, I'm going to love. I'm going to be the guy taking Naheem Hines in the ninth round in all my drafts next year. Ninth round, geez, Louise. All I'm saying, Tim, is look. I understand what you're saying. I do. But imagine if it wasn't Mack and Hines back there. Like, if I'm the Colts, I'm like, both of you guys, Hines, you catch passes, good for you. Mack, you run the ball and you get hurt. You're really not that good. Later. Just get rid of both of them and either draft Jonathan Taylor, sign Todd Gurley, or sign Melvin Gordon. I was about to say, imagine they reunited Melko and Phillip Rivers. You know like, that. Yo, why works. not? You just signed Phillip Rivers on a one-year deal. Like, obviously, like this isn't a long-term play. Like, you're trying to make... A play right now for the next year. Like you think you have a good enough team where you sign Phillip Rivers and you have a shot. So why not get a running back that can catch and run? Because Marlon Mack has not shown that he can do that. And Naheem Hines has not shown that he can do that. So you just you telegraph what you're gonna do when either of them are on the field. So also, I'd be I'd be hyped. They're also bringing back Anthony Costanzo who is talking about potentially retiring. So he'll, yeah. he'll have a better offensive line than he ever had in San Diego. He must have been hyped about Rivers signing too then. I mean, the the Chargers have not had a line that was ranked above 25th in PFF since 2013. Interesting. On the other end of the spectrum, guys, Philip Rivers leaves the Chargers, right? Now they got they, apparently they're they're going the Browns route where they're like Tyrod Taylor's our quarterback even though everyone knows he's not going to last the whole year at QB. But apparently they're not going to sign anyone, right? So maybe they draft a quarterback, but they're going into the season with Tyrod Taylor at QB, it seems, unless something changes. Obviously, obviously this hurts Austin Eckler, like without Phillip Rivers there. I still love me some Eckler, but it hurts him. It also hurts all the pass catchers, right? Like, how do you guys feel about Tyrod Taylor if he actually enters the season as the QB? Uh, You already know I'm not the biggest Mike Williams guy. We, even with Philip Rivers, so I'm just not going to touch him at all if Tyrod Taylor is a guy throwing the ball. And I do think this this scares me about Austin Eckler. I was saying that I would take him in the back end of the first. Uh, I'm not saying that anymore. Tyrod Taylor, 
he can run, but he also can get sacked a lot. He really holds on to the ball, which is not what you want. You want people getting rid of it to your running back like Phillip Rivers does. So unless Austin Eckler is lining up outside a lot and catching passes as a receiver, this uh, I don't like this news for him. I'm going to tell you what. I'm avoiding every single charger at ADP next year if Tyrod Taylor is the quarterback. I think Phillip Rivers had a very good way of hiding a weak offensive line because his his delivery is so damn quick and he goes to the running back so much and I think that that hit some offensive line problems. Like Jason said, Tyrod Taylor his whole career has held the ball too long. I think that's been the number one issue with him because he's he's got a good arm and he could use his legs and he's you know decently accurate. So what's the problem? The problem is he gets sacked like a fucking shit ton, right? So I think that that's going to expose a lot of problems with the Chargers. Um, I think the Chargers' defense is, although they've put some good pieces together this offseason, is not going to be the type of defense that can sustain an offense that sucks. So I'm I'm not on the Chargers' bandwagon. I'm going. This is going to be the first year I'm avoiding Austin Eckler. I, I think that I'm really happy that I got so many shares of Austin Eckler last year. Um, because it was kind of like the last hurrah. I'm not going to be able to own Austin Eckler anymore, I don't think. I think it's over for him now. Um, if this Louise. stays. Now, if You're Cam Newton... local things right now, my man. If Cam Newton or Jameis Winston joins the Chargers, then I might have to rethink this. But as long as Tyrod Taylor is the quarterback, I am not drafting a single Charger. Jameis to the Chargers. I believe in Jameis, man. I'd give him a shot if I was someone. Fair enough. <laughs> this one is fun. This one makes me giddy. The Bears trade for Nick Foles. Fuck this move. Tim, I tried telling you 450 million times in the past couple years that Mitch Trubisky sucks, and now the Bears show that they agree by trading for Nick Foles and his horrendous contract, too. I just want to put this out there, and I might sound like I'm reaching here, but fuck it. I'm going to reach then. You're reaching. The Bears Bears have also said that they're not out of love with Mitch Trubisky, but they want him to earn the job. What better to make him earn the job than bringing in the world's best backup, right? Nick Foles has never proven, except for one season, um, that he can be a starting quarterback in the NFL. He's never proven it. One hot streak in the playoffs, one full season with the Rams. Those are the only two I mean, with the Eagles, those are the only two years that he's ever proven that he could be a successful starting quarterback. Now, if they would have brought in a guy like Cam Newton or a guy like Jameis Winston – then I would be saying, yeah, fucking Mitch Mitch time is over. But I, I think that if Mitch puts his head on straight and if he becomes way smarter out of nowhere, then he still has a chance to to win this job. I, I just don't I don't think Nick Foles first of all, I guarantee you that Mitch Trubisky makes at least three starts next year just because Nick Foles is gonna be hurt. Um and I don't even I'm not even convinced that Nick Foles would is going to beat Mitch Trubisky out to be the starting quarterback. I don't. You saw him in Jacksonville last year. He's just not special, man. He's not special. Nick Foles is going to be the opening day starter. Yeah, man. Trubisky's not special either. That's the whole point. That's why they traded for Nick Foles. Mitch Trubisky has special special attributes. Four years later, he's still going at it. Still he going does. at it. Moving on to the Dolphins signing. Does no one else have anything to say about that? <laughs> Am I, I the mean, only one? Actually, yeah. I mean, I think Nick Foles is better than Mitch Trubisky, so it helps the offense overall. I don't think it's a drastic improvement because it is Nick Foles. Like, you're just going from a super mediocre 
quarterback to a mediocre quarterback. So I don't Facts. think it's like anything too crazy. I mean, if Mitch Trubisky is the Mitch Trubisky of this year, he has no shot. If he's the Mitch Trubisky of two years ago, he's a better quarterback than Nick Foles is. Yeah, so I mean, it, it all depends on Mitch. I went back to the Twitter receipts on Twitter and shouted out this guy who said he'll bend the knee if Mitch Trubisky is <laughs> is on the bench in two to three years. Because like two years ago, Tim, a year and a half year and ago, a half actually, ago. Yeah, yeah, I said Russell Wilson. I saw it. This guy, how are you going to say Trubisky's better than Russell Wilson? But yeah, that was fun. I mean, not, a, on not even I'm saying that. And I'm Mitch Trubisky's probably number one fan. Yeah. The Dolphins go and get our guy, Joe J. Howe, Jordan Howard, to fill that running Big. back position. Jordanian Howard. Guys, do you think, because look, obviously he's an early down back. He's a bruiser. He's a good running back given that chance. But that's like going a little to the side in today's NFL. Do you guys think he is the main guy heading into the season? Or do you think this is more of like a a Mike Davis, David Montgomery situation where now they draft a running back and they're like, oh, whatever, we gave Howard money, but he'll just be the backup. Oh, that's a good point. I don't think so. Um, I think that the Bear, uh, the Dolphins are trying, man. They are. They, they are. made a ridiculous amount they're of They're signing already. a lot of people, and I guess they think Fitz can lead them to the promised land because I, I don't think they're going to go back to Josh Rosen at this point. Uh, so, I mean, they're, they're, they're in position to draft Tua. Yeah, but I don't think Tua's going to start this year. They are making some uh, win-now. But they're making win-now moves. So I feel like last season, I mean, they beat the Patriots, right? So I feel like they think they could compete with Fitz this season even while they wait for Tua. And I think Jordan Howard's a good complement to that because Jordan Howard is the opposite of Fitz. He's the guy you just want to feed when you need to burn the clock, tire down the defense a little. The the old 1970s version of playing football. And when you have someone like Fitz at quarterback... It's a good change of pace to hand them the ball. I agree. I, I think it's a good signing. It's a good fit. Um, if you're Jordan Howard, congratulations on that payday, bro. Uh, you got paid. Running backs don't make $10 million a year, that's for sure. So shout out to that $10 million a year payday that he got. He didn't get $10 million a year. I mean, unless you're unless you're Le'Veon Bell, who got 12 a year. Like, no, he didn't. There's he no didn't way. Get 10 what are you talking about? Huh? He didn't get 10 a year. You're bugging out. Yeah. He signed a one-year $10 million deal, no? Did I one year ten mil? You're thinking about someone else who who just got that? He got deal. two years ten mil. Yeah. Oh, we got two years ten mil. Yeah. Oh, okay. And that okay. Joe Banal money. That makes a lot more sense. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's what Mark Ingram got too. It, may, it makes it makes a lot more sense uh, than the one year ten million dollar deal. But yeah, I was say either it's... way, that's a good move. Uh, I mean, Jordan Howard's a good back. He's not going to catch balls out of the backfield. I, I'm kind of on the Michael bandwagon where I think they're not done making moves yet. But um, it's a good fit. And you know, Jordan Howard being your I don't know, seventh round pick, fourth running back on your roster is going to be a really good thing for you. This one is going to make Jason very happy. Up. Panthers signed Teddy Bridgewater Up. to be their quarterback. Gross. Absolutely. Three fucking years, gross. 60 million. Imagine, like, you're the owner of a franchise, right? Or you're the GM of a franchise, and you just look in the mirror and say, let's be mediocre for the next three years. I mean, that's exactly what they did by signing Teddy Bridgewater. There's nothing about Terry, Teddy Bridgewater that's even remotely exciting, especially coming off of Cam Newton, who you could say what you want about Cam Newton. The dude's a better quarterback than Teddy goddamn Bridgewater. Yeah, and I, I mean, I don't see I don't see what everyone else sees in Teddy Bridgewater. I don't like. Yeah. All right. He throws a lot of completions. His we went over this last year. He was in one of the best offenses in the league and his 
yards per attempt outside of a couple games was still like seven yards an attempt in yeah. a Sean Payton offense. Lowest in the league is average depth of target by far. It's un it's unbelievable. And people are like, oh yeah, go draft DJ Moore, go draft Curtis Samuel. No, stay fucking as far away from these guys as you can. Nah, now, DJ I, Moore is whatever. DJ Moore is very good. I mean, Michael Thomas was a beast even with Teddy Bridgewater, but DJ Moore is probably story. the only one. Obviously, they're not the same. They're not the same, but DJ Moore is a beast. I'm not gonna not trust him. I don't know. I, I'm I'm staying away from him, but he's gonna probably be going in the third, fourth round this year. I'm not I'm not reaching for that. Curtis Samuel shouldn't even be drafted. Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't go that far as no drafted, but no, I'm not I'm not going into the season with Curtis Samuel anywhere near my starting lineup. Uh, I'll one of say the, that right now, he shouldn't be drafted. One of the biggest fallacies in recent NFL memory is that the injury really tore apart Teddy Bridgewater's career because this dude was a glorified game manager with a great team around him on Minnesota, and then he goes to the Saints and is a glorified ma uh, game manager with a great team around him. Like, now you add him to the Panthers that are not a great team around him, and people are going to see that there's like, damn, this. why would they give this guy three or 60 million? And they're going to be looking for a new quarterback. I wouldn't even be surprised if Will Greer ends up starting at some point next year. That's how much I think this was a terrible decision by the Panthers. Take the under on Carolina's win total right now. 6.8 air yards per attempt career for Teddy Bridgewater. 6.8 air yards per attempt is very bad. It's disgusting. It's horrible. It's disgusting. Yeah, that's bad. Uh, in his in his career, he's he's averaging he's averaging 173 passing yards per game. That's in his best years. Like I, I don't I don't I don't see what these people see in Teddy Bridgewater. Do ever. you see what I see? I'm with you, Tim. I agree. But moving on to the wide receiver. Real now. quick, there's no um there's no win loss totals up yet on FanDuel Sportsbook. But the Panthers are the lowest. Uh, the Saints, Bucks, Falcons, and Panthers. They're they're last in their, in their division. Division. I'm not surprised. So I was gonna say the Panthers are, are in position for the number one pick at this point. And they're paying sixty million dollars for that. Yeah. Worth it. The Buffalo Bills trade for Stefan Diggs. He finally gets out of Minnesota. Tim, we already discussed this briefly through text because you thought I was crazy. I don't think this is a improvement for Diggs really with the way Josh Allen throws in that Buffalo offense. I mean, the guy's inaccurate downfield and they're still going to be running the ball and shit because they're the Buffalo Bills and that's what they do. So I don't really think this is a huge upgrade for Stefan Diggs. Maybe he'll see a few more targets a year, but I don't think it's like anything super crazy. Listen, Josh um, Allen went from 33rd two years ago in true throw value to 20th last season. And I'm not really saying that as a good thing either. I think why I think 20 is like his max. I just don't see the accuracy potential in him. Accuracy is not something that you learn. He has the arm, but he's just not accurate. And Stefan Diggs is a great player, but this is a run first defense first team. They still have John Brown. They're going to be running with Devin Singletary more. I don't see Stephon Diggs being as good as he was in Minnesota. He's going to be see, overdrafted. I disagree with you with with accuracy is, is not something you learn. I think you see his progression over the last two years. His completion percentage went up five percentage points, which doesn't sound like a lot, but it is. Um, he went from 10 TDs the year before to 20 TDs the year after. Um, cut down his interceptions by three interceptions. 
Um, his QB rating went from 67.9 to fit to 85.3. Um, he's a guy who really made strides. And I think that Josh Allen is one of those people who loves where he's at. And you saw you, there also needs to be the, the caveat of two years ago when Josh Allen was suck, suck, he was throwing to Robert Foster, right? Then you get him some good weapons, John Brown, Cole Beasley, but those are still mediocre weapons in the long haul. I'm excited to see what he does with a real number one wide receiver. And, and, uh, according to Matt Harmon of Reception Perception, someone that we respect a lot of Yahoo and of the fantasy footballers here, he does a route tree for every wide receiver. He says Stefan Diggs is the best route running player wide receiver in the NFL. And I don't think you could sleep on that because Matt Harmon puts in the work and Matt Harmon's usually right about these things. So when you're looking at that and you're looking at the arm that Josh Allen has, I don't think he necessarily needs to be the most accurate quarterback for Stefan Diggs to be a great player. Um, you saw John Brown have a lot of success last year. And when now you're moving John Brown over and Stefan Diggs is probably going to see a lot of, a lot more targets because, Hey, he's in an offense now where he's the number one guy. So I, I think I'm excited for Stefan Diggs. I think this is an upgrade for him just because it's an upgrade for him in terms of his playing time and his meaningfulness to the team. So I think it's an, I think it's an upgrade. And I don't think Kirk Cousins is that much better than, than, Josh Allen at this point, I, I mean, Kirk Cousins, Kirk Cousins, don't get me wrong, is obviously the better player at this I just, point. I just think people, you have to, judging QBs is a, you got to put record aside sometimes because it, it does gloss over some of the holes in the game. Like you saw the Bills make the playoffs and all that, yes. But we also saw like Mitch Trubisky, for example, make the playoffs and some people were so high on him. Guys like Blake Bortles had huge seasons in the past. Like you got to, I just, I don't really see... Josh Allen making a huge improvement this season. If he does, then it'll be huge for Stefan Diggs. But if he starts going in the second or early third round, I'd, I'm probably not going to take a stab at him there. On to the tight ends. Two tight ends here. Browns sign Austin Hooper. We'll start with this one. Yeah. How do you guys feel about this? The end of David Njoku, it seems. I was going to say, so much Cleveland. for Njoku. And then even if it's not so much for Njoku, is it so much for Hooper? Like... If they're both going to be used, if they're both going to be on the field, that's not good. Um, Baker Mayfield wasn't too good last year, although I think he'll bounce back. Austin Hooper is also someone that has been good in his career. He's never been great. Last season was really his breakout season, but that was his third, fourth year on the same team in the same system. Now he's going to a new system, has to learn a new offense. Has Njoku behind him. Has OBJ and Landry on the outside. Nick Chubb, Kareem Hunt. It's a team with a lot of weapons. Crazy, crazy. Uh, I think Hooper's going to be overdrafted. He already got some offensive line help, too. It is. It does. But this was similar to what they had in Atlanta this year, too, with Ridley and Sanu, and they ended up trading Sanu, Julio Jones, Devontae okay, Freeman. Okay, hold on. I get shit for for typing Philip Rivers before Tom Brady. Michael says Ridley and Sanu before Julio Jones, and you're not going to say anything to him? I was just naming <laughs> all the damn weapons. Fuck off. <laughs> Um, I, you know how I feel about following the money, guys. Um, follow the money. If you follow the money, that's uh, usually lead you to fantasy success. Austin Hooper is the highest paid tight end in the league. He's going to be used. Um, it's going to be interesting because Kevin Stefanski, who is the new offensive coordinator, we've seen him use tight ends in the past, uh, and particularly in the red zone. So I think that 
Austin Hooper, even though he may not have as prolific a season in the middle of the field, I think he was brought in to be a red zone target. I don't see David Njoku, Njoku making it out uh, on the team with the Browns. Um, I just think that they've had enough of Njoku. And, I mean, the offensive line help was what really helps me out. Baker needs offensive line help. With that offensive line help, he'll be able to you know get to his targets more. I think Hooper is definitely going to be the the third target, fourth target probably, um, third at best, fourth more likely. So you know take it with a grain of salt. But in a weak tight end landscape, if you want to take a shot on Austin Hooper, I'm not I'm not mad at you. And now Hayden Hurst, the last tight end here, going to the Falcons to replace Austin Hooper. Hayden Hurst was drafted at a, the ripe age of 24, 25, I believe, one of those two, because of his readiness for the field that didn't really translate in Baltimore. He ended up losing his job to Mark Andrews and basically Nick Boyle, too. Who was drafted in the same draft? Mm-hmm. Behind him. So, And now he's going to Atlanta, where Austin Hooper just had a huge year before he got hurt. So how do you guys feel about this? Is he now Obviously, he's more on your radar now than he was on, on Baltimore. But he's someone you're going to start looking more into. When the season comes around, I'm just saying from now, and I look at their ADPs, if Hooper's is as high as I think and Hurst is as low as I think, I'm taking Hurst every single day over Hooper. Interesting. Tim? I, this one this one, I'm, I'm going to have to see more about because the, the they're in flex right now. Matt Ryan likes going to the, to the tight end, but... And you know, Austin Hooper wasn't very good fantasy wise until this year. Well, he didn't. So, I mean, yeah. Ever since Tony Gonzalez left, like even then, with did he even have one of his big years with Matt Ryan? By that time, he was old. So like, right, last year so, was only the first year really that Matt, Matt Ryan really, if I'm not mistaken, like really, really targeted the tight end. Exactly, and there it is. You know, it's not like being in the Ravens. I mean, the Falcon system is going to be a a boom right away. And you know, Hayden Hurst had some good moments with the Ravens, but you know, the Ravens are a team that are, is tight end centric in terms of the passing game. And if they really loved Hayden Hurst, who, by the way, they drafted before Lamar Jackson, um, then they wouldn't have gave him up. So I, I don't know for a fourth round pick. Oh, he was a, he was a first round pick just, just two years ago. So um, it's interesting to see that value go down. I, I'm, you know, unless something swings me in between now and then, I'm not really excited about touching Hayden Hurst. Now, a few guys who stayed home. Cowboys kept Cooper and Dak, and the Titans kept Tannehill and Henry. Any thoughts on that? Or they just just stay put where they were, and they're they're gonna. It's I mean, it's it's a sideways move. Now they're gonna stay home. You know, any any thoughts on that? Uh, Derrick Henry staying home is the best thing that could have happened to Derrick Henry. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I think, I mean, we know what they're all going to do now, so that's fine. I think, though, uh, the Eagles signing Darius Slay makes Facts. two very um, exciting games for Mark Cooper, two upsetting games. Because even though I think Darius Slay is a tad overrated, he's still shut down Amari Cooper in his career. And as I tweeted earlier today, Amari Cooper gets shut down by every above-average cornerback. So there's two more games right there that Amari Cooper could be Amari Pooper instead, uh, and he, he he's bad a lot. So two more games of that, and a lot of people aren't going to be happy. True that. Uh, the Falcons released Devontae Freeman, so now they're going to be on the lookout for a running back, and Devontae Freeman's looking for a home. And then Jameis Winston's still a free agent. 
Any thoughts on Jameis Winston or uh, Devontae Freeman, two guys that are now out there searching for homes? As a Jets fan, I will be insanely upset if Jameis Winston ends up on the Patriots. I think that's the perfect fit for him. He can make every throw. He just is dumb. If Bill Belichick Belichick hypnotizes him and is like, Jameis, you will make these throws when I tell you to make these throws, and he does, that's scary. Like, really, really get in there and make Jameis Winston conscious of the throws he's making. That would be interesting. Imagine just Bill uses a hypnotist and just hypnotizes him (laughs) into a good quarterback. Maybe that's how he does it. You can never hear Jared Stidham, baby. Jared Stidham season, baby. You never hear Bill Belichick and Jameis Winston talking at the same time because Bill is doing everything for Jameis in his head. That would be crazy. Um, Devontae Freeman's only 28 years old. Only? Uh, he he seems older. No? He seems like he's been around forever. Only 28. He's still got a couple good years left in him, especially considering he missed some years. So I think whoever gets Devontae Freeman is going to get a pretty good running back. And lastly, Cam Newton will be traded. Where does he end up? It's tough. I don't really yeah. see a, a landing spot for him at the moment. Honestly, Honestly, if you're like if you're the Chargers, like you're gonna stick with Tyrod Taylor when the better version of Tyrod Taylor is out there. Like, I, I, just trade for Cam Newton. No, like, <laughs> no, I agree. Also, a team that's looking to make a splash who has a bad quarterback moving to a new home. The Raiders? The Las Vegas Raiders. Las Vegas Raiders. They just got Marcus Mariota, who Mike Mayock had ranked his number one quarterback in that exact same James Winston draft. He was a big Marcus Mariota guy. This is looking like a potential Marcus Mariota, Ryan Tannehill swap all over again with Mariota on the receiving end. Yeah, it does. Because Derek Carr has been less than average the last few years. The Raiders also just gave a two-year contract to Jason Witten. Jeez Louise. How would you guys feel if Cam Newton went to the Patriots? Yo, they got the entire Monday Night Football booth on that team. <laughs> they got Jason Witten. They got John Gruden. Now all they need is fucking Booker McFarland to go out there. Booker McFarland to get out there. We're, we're, go, we're all set. That's mad funny. But yeah, what if Cam ended up on the Patriots? I feel like... I don't know how I'd feel. I'd prefer the Patriots get Cam than Jameis Winston as a Jets fan. I agree, actually. No, uh, no I, I I don't think... I, I'm much higher on Cam Newton as a quarterback than you guys are. Um, I think with the right coaching, Cam Newton would be an absolute stud. I would rather have Jameis Winston on the Patriots. I hope the Patriots roll with Stidham, is all I'm going to say. For the Me too. Word. I mean, I'm a Stidham guy, but not over Jameis and Cam. All right, that's our free agency recap and what has been a wild, oh, yeah. wild two to three days. Oh, what? no, you didn't. Never mind. The Giants signed Colt McCoy. Big deal. Ooh. I'm joking. Oh, the Giants. Out, no, Daniel Giants. Jones. Interesting. I mean, Case Keenum also got a big a big contract to be a backup quarterback as well. Yeah, I feel like so. people teams are really paying backup quarterbacks now, though. So Chase, Chase Daniel, Daniel got a big geez. deal. Chase Daniel made $35 million in his NFL career doing nothing. What a smart man. <laughs> Yo, Chase Daniel, shout out to you, Chase. He sucked with the Bears last year. Like, Mitch Trubisky had the worst year maybe ever, and fucking he was an upgrade maybe from Chase ever. Daniel. Jeez, he least. sucked. Like, I'm cool with it. I'm cool with the fact. I, I accept it now. Mitch Trubisky, the steps that I thought he was going to take forward, he took the exact same amount of steps backwards, and he was still an upgrade over Chase Daniel. That he did. Yeesh. Now we are now... Get ready, folks. Moving real on to our recognize. real recognize real part of the podcast where we have on only the realest guests that we truly believe in and really respect in the industry. And today we have Mike Beers at Beers Water on Twitter. 
best ball whiz, Razbol champion, Rotoviz co-founder. So why don't we get that started? Friend of the podcast. Friend of the podcast. Let's do it. Here we go. Time for the Real Recognize Real podcast where we bring on only the best. And we are bringing back this guest for the second time. He gave us some wisdom last year when it came to the best ball world. And we are looking for that wisdom again. The co-owner of RotoViz, uh, FSWA member, and the Razbol 2019 champion, Mike Beers. Welcome, Mike. Hey, it's good to be back. Uh, thanks for having me on again. Excited no to talk best ball. We got a lot of stuff going on, I guess, with free agency in the last couple of days. Yes, we do. Uh, I'd be remiss if I didn't ask you off the bat, how have you been dealing with this craziness of NFL free agency and trades over the last two days? Uh, you know, I haven't been, I'm just trying to take it all in and digest it kind of slowly. You know, I, um, I, I did a bunch of drafts, uh, best ball drafts, um, over the past month and a half or so. Um, and then kind of, they all just trickled to an end in the past few days. And I'm going to get a hit reset with, um, you know, a new, a fresh ADP, um, you know, adjust my rankings after these guys have moved around. But, it, you know, it's this big change. It happens every year, but these big changes, it's just kind of got to let the dust settle a little bit before I make any, you know, big conclusions or big moves. Fair enough. Uh, the biggest, we'd say, one of the biggest, because Tom Brady's always up there with the biggest, maybe not fantasy-wise because he's, you know, a middling quarterback at this point, but <laughs> Nuke Hopkins. I mean, DeAndre Hopkins getting traded. First off, Bill O'Brien is a psycho, but... <laughs> fantasy wise heading to kyler murray the cliff kingsbury offense i see some people saying in that offense maybe he won't get as many targets so they knock him down but you also see maybe they run so many plays maybe he'll get even more action so people some people are moving him up in their rankings some are just leaving them still how are you how did you initially take away nuke heading to the cardinals uh, yeah, I think he is actually the player least impacted in terms of fantasy value by the move. Um, I agree with the points you made. Uh, you know, I think they will spread the ball around a little more. Uh, the Cardinals didn't throw deep very much, which is, uh, you know, would be unfortunate if it continued, but I think adding Hopkins will help and, uh, Murray being in his second year will help. They might, you know, take the training wheels off a little bit. Um, it's great news for the Cardinals overall. Um, you know, Hopkins, I like, you know, if you're going to move him down, how far are you going to move him down? Right. Like he was my wide receiver one. Uh, he, even if this bothered me, how am I going to move him past like wide receiver three? Like he's still, a, you know, first round end of the second round. Or, I mean, beginning of the second round at worst pick for me. So it doesn't change much, but uh, I think it's definitely an upgrade for Murray. Uh, I mean, obviously, um, but I think it's a material upgrade. Um, and, you know, it, it hurts Watson for sure. Um, they've still got some interesting tools, though. I mean, uh, David Johnson, you know, there's the big question of whether he's washed or whatever, but um, he's a very good receiver. Uh, Duke Johnson's a good receiver. They've got the guys, you know, the if they're healthy um, – you know, Kenny Stills and, and especially Will Fuller on the outside, you know, Watson can still do a lot of damage. So I don't think he's hurt too badly by this, but, it, you know, I wouldn't call it an upgrade for sure. I wanted to ask about those Texans wide receivers because all of the data basically shows that having that one guy who could break the top off the offense, the uh, Deshaun Jackson, Robbie Anderson types is great. And 
having two guys like that, Will Fuller and Kenny Stills, what's that going to be like? What do you think it's going to be? Because now they don't really have an intermediate route runner. That's where uh, Hopkins was at his best. So what do you think that offense is going to look like now? You know, I don't really know. I mean, they did bring in uh, Randall Cobb, right, uh, a couple days after or maybe even the next day um, after Hopkins was traded away. So they've got – their whole offense is like made out of specialists now, right? You got the two kind of burners on the outside. Um, I think, uh, you know, Fuller, especially, I mean, I, I'm a big fan of him. I think he's very good, you know, when he's actually on the field, not playing <laughs> yeah. fan appearing. Um, and yeah, but Cobb, you know, he, he's good in that, at that intermediate level. Fells was pretty good. They re-signed him uh, for their tight end. And then I, I mentioned both of the running backs, are very good receivers, um, you know, assuming Hyde's not still there. I don't, I don't know. Um, but it's, I, they're going to have to be really well coached. Right. And it was interesting to me, if it, you know, you, you, you gotta be smart to take advantage of those pieces. Uh, um, you know, a guy, um, Hopkins, you can use him almost anywhere. Like, like he's going to be good. He's just he's a great player. And like you said, he can run those intermediate routes and he can go deep. Like you can you kind of do whatever you want with him. I think they're, um, they have the pieces to make an offense work really well, but it's going to be, you know, yep. It's going to be difficult to do. Um, so I'm like cautiously, uh, I, I don't, I, I don't know. Like it could work out. Uh, yeah, like a, a lot of people, you know, they saw the sort of the value on either side of that trade, right? And we're just kind of dumping on the Texans. Like mm-hmm. this is a terrible trade. And I agree, it was a bad trade. But I don't think their offense is in like a horrible spot because of it. Um, you know, I think there's some silver linings, and there are ways that it could work out. Yeah, I mean they they still have Deshaun Watson, so that's really all that matters when you have that QB. But they should. I wouldn't be surprised if they draft a wide receiver now to get them on a rookie deal and hopefully become a DeAndre Hopkins light version in that offense. But uh, talk about residual effects of players. Tom Brady as a fantasy quarterback hasn't really been huge the last few years now that he's 42, turning 43. But heading to Tampa Bay, Bruce Arians offense, I think it's an automatic downgrade for guys like Mike Evans and Chris Godwin compared to the sling it nature of Ryan Fitzpatrick and Jameis Winston over the last couple of years in Tampa. How do you uh, How do you think Tom Brady fits there? I mean, I think it's an upgrade for Brady versus what he had in uh, New England. I think that's pretty easy. Um, so, you know, Brady's – I'm not putting him in the, like, Q, automatically QB1. Like, I'm not aggressively going to chase him and draft him. But um, it's definitely an upgrade for him. And just in terms of, the you know, the, the talent around him. Uh, Godwin and Evans, I'm – not too worried about Godwin, um, but Evans, I'm a little more worried about. I mean, he just like if you look at his air yards numbers, um, he, he like was sort of king in that area last year. Um, you know, a lot of volume, and I don't think Brady's gonna sling it like Winston. I also don't think he's going to create those game scripts, right? Uh, you know, two pick sixes a game. It's felt like with uh, Winston, uh, they're not like. I don't know how good the Bucks are going to be, but it's not going to be that same kind of game, right? So you're going to have increased efficiency from Brady, which is going to help everybody. But I think lower volume and lower sort of downfield, you know, 
downfield volume in particular, you know, that deep ball we saw even in new England, um, you know, it's just not there like it used to be for Brady. And that's going to be a problem for Evans in particular. While we're Uh, on the, yeah, sorry. While we're on the topic of the bucks, uh, because we know Tom Brady loves his check downs to the running backs as well. How would you react if they uh, signed either Todd Gurley or Melvin Gordon? I I mean, I, both of those guys, well, I mean, now, yeah, they both they both need a home, um, and they don't wouldn't have a lot of competition if they were there, right? It's it's going to be tricky to figure out though, because they got talent kind of everywhere, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I mean, it it would. I'd have to think about that some more. I think I don't have a good answer for you. It's only it would be March. a good landing spot <laughs> for him. Yeah, no, it would it would definitely be a good spot for him because that offense is they're going to score, um, and those guys are capable receivers. You mentioned, you know, Brady likes to use the running backs. Uh, they've got other guys there though. You know, I I just don't know how exactly it would work. You know, either one of those guys would step in as the RV one like right away, but that doesn't mean um, the other guys are just gone, right? It doesn't mean that Brady won't throw to the receivers and and OJ Howard. I, you know it's going to be kind of a very spread out, um, you know, situation. I think if you bring in a really talented, uh, receiving running back, any belief in OJ Howard bounce back initially, just, uh, last year was rough, but you think with Brady, you know how he loves his tight ends. There's any shot OJ Howard resurrects himself with the, uh, the, with the books. I think we get a bounce versus last year. Just last year was such a, you know, total disaster for OJ Howard. Um, and he, he kind of, you know, came back a little bit toward the end of the season, but, um, I don't think this is like a, uh, Brady elevates all tight ends situation. Like I, I actually, I don't believe that. I mean, I think Gronk was Gronk was Gronk because he was great. He was amazing himself. <clears throat> check you made Gronk special um and you saw it I mean like every time that Gronk got injured everybody went to the waiver wire it was like well, we got to get this next tight end and then that guy you know just was terrible uh you know you kept him for a week and then you dropped him or two weeks and then you dropped him and um so I don't you know I think it's got to be an upgrade for Howard you know versus last year but I thought almost anything was going to be an upgrade for him versus last year like this guy just kind of had to bounce back like he's a talented very athletic guy he's not going to have a season that bad again um and you know I'm sure Brady will uh will make the most of what he's got so heading over to best ball your your specialty in the fantasy football world last year mm-hmm. Mike won the Raz Bowl, a large tournament full of uh, industry analysts. Um, congrats. Best ball tournament. Yeah, congrats, Mike. That's Thank you. A nice little trophy I saw on Twitter that got sent to you. Very cool. <laughs> I want you yeah. to, if you if you don't mind, tell the people a little bit about your thoughts behind that 2019 roster and, like, was there a certain construction you had going into it? Were people, were their values falling to you or did you have a specific team in mind that you were trying to draft? How did that play out? Yeah, so um, there were there were a couple of you know wrinkles about the Raz Bowl that were different from other leagues I played in. Um, you actually got to start setting your roster around week eleven or something like that, um, which made it you know it's not purely best ball. It changed things a little bit, 
And um, your scores from the first part of the season carried over into the, like the playoff rounds or the elimination rounds. Um, and that was actually a factor for me when I was drafting. So I, um, I wanted to get, you know, as, as many points as possible in the first, you know, 10 or 11 weeks, whenever it was that the cutoff happened, because each, uh, following round that score that I'd accumulated came with me, right. It got like averaged into the total. So, um, I actually looked at bye weeks, um, and, you know, tried to get them into the back um end of the season right so you know especially the guys on my bench right so if i it probably wasn't going to be starting them um but they are you know the big play guys like um hardman uh was one of the guys i drafted i knew he had a week 12 buy i probably wasn't going to start him in week 12 when i was actually picking my lineup um and then i didn't have to have any bye weeks for him during the first you know several weeks uh, things like that I was thinking about. But during the actual draft, uh, you know, it was interesting. It was one of the first drafts, I think. Um, it was on NFFC, uh, was the platform, and they didn't have actual ADP data in their uh, player pool. It was kind of like ranked based on last year's uh, performance. The mm-hmm. rookies were way down the list. Um, and so I was going off my own ADP list because yeah, I, I tracked that stuff like religiously. So um, I was really just taking guys that I think a lot of people didn't realize they should have been taking based on the list. You know, they, maybe they had to scroll down a little bit. My team ended up like ridiculously good. I think not as a real testament to me, well, you did but win, you know, so. I had Christian McCaffrey. <laughs> yeah, I did win. Yes. Uh, no, you had to have a good team, but um, I had Christian McCaffrey, Dalvin cook and Derek Henry on my team. Mm-hmm. And, uh, Typically, you know, after I get Christian McCaffrey, I had the first pick. I took him. I would, you know, leave running back alone for a little while. But these guys were just falling, you know, in in other drafts, uh, best ball drafts. I never got Dalvin Cook at the end of the second round. You know, I, this was when uh, people were worried about Derrick Henry had an injury in the offseason. I got him in the fourth round, I think. Um, so I was really just paying attention to that. Uh getting as much value as I could. And then plus that little bye week wrinkle, uh, it worked out for me. I mean, the big thing though, and this, this, uh, this is so lucky. I mean, you, you could actually use waivers. Um, you had a $10 budget in the RAS bowl and, uh, you, you could pick players up, but you know, you had to, you're really only going to get, you know, maybe one shot at a really good waiver player. Cause everyone had a small budget. Uh, I completely forgot about it for the entire, like, through week 10 and then waivers closed. I had my whole $10 budget at the end and I just got real lucky. My guys didn't get injured. Um, so, you know, uh, I, I feel like it did a pretty good job in the draft, but you, you know, in winning any large field contest, you need a little bit of luck. I think might be a, a strange question, but you mentioned the NF um, NFFC ADP playing into it because a lot of, there's a lot of different places to draft and a lot of different ADPs. Is there one specific website where you feel like the ADPs help you? Like, I feel like the Yahoo ADPs, for example, like if you're just playing in a home league, are always more, I don't know, they're they're more accurate than like the ESPN ones where I can find guys later that you know you can be able to draft mm-hmm. later because the ADP has them there. Is there a website that like you, you appreciate the ADP that way where you know you're going to get a better team or no? Yeah, I think... Um... I think the more mainstream sites, like like you mentioned, um, ESPN, Yahoo, 
aren't updated like as quickly or they default by their own rankings as opposed to ADP. Um, you know, I do a, recently, uh, um, doing a lot of best ball drafts on, um, you know, best ball tents, a uh, fan balls product, mm-hmm. and they're pretty good about it. Uh, but I'm always using, I'm referencing the road of his tools that I put together because I'm updating those every two hours, you know, like, uh, and I'm only looking at the last, you know, three to five days of drafts. Because, uh, you know, especially in the off season, uh, you know, early on, things move very quickly, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and Fanball, they do a good job, but, you know, it's still, it's lag versus that. Um, and those more mainstream sites, I mean, they definitely are slower about it. Um, because I mean, nobody's really complaining, I think. Uh, you have more casual players, right? Nobody's, like, pushing them to keep ADP really, really fresh or anything like that. Um so yeah, I definitely look at that. I mean, it was um, best ball tens used to be on uh, my fantasy league, and uh, that was always they did sort by ADP, but it w- it included dynasty drafts. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that was always a big advantage if you were actually paying attention. All the rookies were way too high, um, and people were auto drafting them or not really paying attention, thinking that you know they needed to pick them now. Um, so it, yeah, it's something to look out for. And it's, it's a reason I really love, you know, track and this stuff and using the road of his tools. Very cool. Uh, since you obviously have a lot of best ball success, was there a certain roster construction in 2019 that you found to be, uh, best for you and just, uh, overall, like a certain, uh, breakdown of QBs, running backs, receivers, tight ends? Uh, I don't think there was really one construction that stood out it was more um last year was kind of weird in terms of there were pockets of the draft that um actually you know while i won the rasble i had a pretty bad year overall in best ball because there were areas of the draft that were just i typically avoid from a roster construction perspective the sort of the fourth to sixth round for running backs um that did really well uh you had a lot of really strong performers there and um I think the my preferred build though also did reasonably well, which was um, basically Christian McCaffrey and then no other running backs for several rounds. Mm-hmm. Um, that uh, that worked out pretty well. Uh, I think the uh, every year, um, including last year, uh, the quarterback strategy is you know two or three depending on who you get but the the middle rounds um because there that's where you're going to have if you're a volume player you end up with exposure to the lamar jacksons or the year before um you know patrick mahomes and the year before there's always somebody or multiple somebody's in that range so you know sort of i focus on these pockets of um value and sort of work backwards to my roster construction so you know the sort of ninth to twelfth round i'm getting quarterbacks um you know 11th to 13th i'm getting tight ends and um you know depending on where where i was in the draft or where anybody was in the draft you know if you were at the back of the um first round you're just sort of in the draft order um i'm not going for that that uber running back there because the guys like mccaffrey barkley were gone by then um you had to have michael thomas or you were in trouble last year you know um it was so the ideal construction definitely changed based on where you were in the order. Interesting. I know you said you already kudos to you for already starting best balls this season. 
it is uh, way too early for us to consider doing fantasy drafts, <laughs> but you're out there doing it, so good for you. But uh, are there, because I know people drafting right now are, like, it's, the ADP is going to change drastically from now till August, September, where the majority of drafts happen. Are there any players you're targeting right now that you seem to be getting on most of your teams that you just really think their uh, value at ADP is just tremendous? You know, some guys I've been I have been getting a lot of are um, it was more about again sort of that structural drafting those pockets of the draft where um, you know around the two three turn like earlier in the draft um, I really don't take running backs there just almost a, as a rule. Um, and that means I've got a lot of DJ Moore. I like him a lot. Um, you know, Evans and Godwin. Um, Godwin's going a little earlier. Uh, but then later in the draft, I mean, there are a couple of guys I do really like. Um, Jarvis Landry in particular. Uh, he's, you know, he's going pretty late. We're talking. Uh, just going to pull him up real quick. In the ADP. I mean, he's going in the sixth or seventh round, I think that's way too late. I mean, that, mm-hmm. this guy is just a consistent producer. Uh, people don't get excited about him um, because I, I guess because he's just sort of a high volume, low, you know, uh, yards per catch kind of guy. But every year he's in the, you know, he's a wide receiver two or better mm-hmm. and he's priced below it. Uh, that's a guy that I'm targeting pretty consistently. Um, I like Allen Robinson. Uh, I was on him last year too. Uh, I just think the, uh, the volume uh, supports his price pretty well. And, um, and then, you know, when we're talking best ball, all the uh, sort of deep ball guys, um, big play uh, receivers. I, I really like uh, John Ross this year. He's a guy I've hated for several years, but the idea of them getting a uh, more exciting quarterback and he, he's priced pretty well. That's a guy I've been targeting. Um, I think Hardman got kind of expensive, so I've, I've laid off him this year. But, uh, you know, those kind of players uh, still chasing him year after year. And you mentioned DJ Moore, so I'd be remiss if I didn't ask. Um, they have a new quarterback and I'll sign Teddy Bridgewater. How do you think that affects his weapons? Yeah, you know, I, I'm not excited about the Bridgewater Same side. <laughs> Can't blame you. Yeah, I mean, like, you know, I, I was just telling someone, uh, I think, yesterday – you know, like Jamie's Winston going to Carolina would have been amazing. Um, they've got, you know, they, they've got these talented guys at the skill positions. But Bridgewater, I think, you know, I I don't like him as much as it seems like everybody does. But I recognize that he's, you know, he's a solid player. And he, he uh, you know, versus Winston, he's probably better in terms of getting wins for Carolina. But um, I'm, I think it's especially bad for Curtis Samuel. Um, you know, I think he does would do better with a quarterback who's thrown deep, who's more aggressive and Bridgewater is just, you know, he's the thing he seems to be better at is, uh, you know, the efficiency, not turning over the ball, um, not attacking downfield, uh, which, you know, Samuel would really benefit from. I don't think it'll hurt more too much. Uh, he's, I, he still just feels like the alpha to me. Um, so he's going to, you know, and he, he's good in the intermediate game, you know, the run after the catch. Uh, so he should still do fine. Uh, it just wasn't, wasn't ideal, I guess. You know, I would have rather had Cam Newton, uh, you know, mm-hmm. it's like you, uh, you took the words out of our mouths when it comes to, when it came to Bridgewater and Samuel, we agree. Bridgewater is just, 
very bleh. We don't understand the hype around him. And Curtis Samuel now with Bridgewater at quarterback. Someone on Twitter said, go get Samuel now. And we were just like, nah, no thanks. <laughs> That's not <laughs> someone I'm interested in at all with Teddy Bridgewater as the option behind McCaffrey, behind DJ Moore. It's just, yeah, not for us. So we're with you there. Um, one more interesting thing, because drafting this early brings you free agent running backs, a.k.a. rookie running backs, t- running backs, yep. run, uh, free agent wide receivers, these guys that don't even have a team yet, like you're drafting them with an N.A. next to their name. So how do you deal with uh, drafting these types of players? Yeah, so um, my strategy with these guys, rookies specifically, less so free agents, um, is I just draft them. Like, like I cast a wide net and I draft them a lot, um, especially if they slip a little bit past, you know, their ADP. They seem like a value in a particular draft. You know, I mentioned, obviously, I do a lot of these drafts, so um, I can wait. I can pick my spots for when they're a little cheaper versus others. But now's the time to get them because a lot of these guys, I mean, the, the combine came and most of them got more expensive after the combine. And the draft is going to come. And regardless of where they land, most of them are going to get more expensive after the draft. And honestly, a big part of that is something to know who these people are. Uh, they learn things about them. They, they start seeing uh, articles hyping one guy or another. They all just get more expensive. Mm-hmm. So uh, you know, my approach to rookie running backs for the past several years has been just cast a wide net, keep drafting them. Don't, you know, I'm not going to put – four of them on one team. Yeah. Like they're still very risky players to have, but if you are doing a lot of drafts in particular, uh, you know, making sure you get some exposure and get it now. Um, whereas, you know, in August, I'll probably be off these guys because they'll still seem risky. They'll be a lot more expensive and I'll already have my exposure. So, um, you know, if you, if you're drafting now, get the rookies is, would be my advice. Not sure if you have yeah, this- back. Not sure if you have this on hand, but what's the uh, the highest you've drafted a rookie running back so far? The highest I've drafted a rookie? Uh, yeah, I can probably pull that up. Let's see. While you're looking, I got to ask, because we, we like to get people's opinions on this. What are your thoughts on the combine? Do you take that into consideration at all? Uh, yeah, I mean, I think I think you got to. Um so usually, I mean, usually results come in kind of where you expect. It's really if something really surprises you mm-hmm. that um, you need to adjust. I, you know, I, I think you shouldn't just ignore it. But, um, you know, kind of with Jonathan Taylor, we just we got confirmation of kind of what we were already expecting. Right. And um, and he did move up the draft board. And, you know, I'm I'm not uncomfortable drafting him uh but he's gotten pretty expensive after the combine and you you got to pay attention to that stuff to know why right um but i'm not i like i'm not a big dynasty guy i'm not a big like i usually will let somebody else synthesize that information um and it's a nice thing about working in rotoviz um i got a lot of guys who are very good at doing that right (laughs) and uh you know i'll take their takes on um you know, whether the combine mattered for player X versus player Y. Uh, but typically, unless there's some sh- like shocking result, uh, it's not a big factor for me. The draft will be a bigger one, obviously, when you know what teams these guys are going to be on. Uh, that's going to have a big effect on their volume and everything. Um, 
Let's see. Uh, yeah, and to your uh, earliest rookie I've drafted question. Um, actually, interestingly, I have Jonathan Taylor shares, but the earliest I got one was DeAndre Swift because uh, my Jonathan Taylor shares were before the combine. And um, it just happened, you know, I got him in a draft when he, he slipped later than normal. But uh, that was at the end of the third round. And uh, I, I don't like to take these guys – much earlier than that you know i'm probably not going to be drafting jonathan taylor unless he lands at you know interest in a perfect spot and he could um now that he's going you know beginning of the third round or you know even late second round in some of these uh best ball drafts i'm probably not picking him there yeah can't play you think there's any shot say he lands with a, a running back needy team he shoots up into like the the back end of the first half you think that's too crazy first round you mean first yeah but, uh, back half of the first round um, it could happen. I mean, he, he, he looks like an amazing prospect and it, it, uh, Barkley was at the end of the first round, I think, um, his rookie season, you know, by the end of the, uh, by the end of the off season. So I think it could happen. I think I probably, like I said, I probably won't be drafting him there myself. Um, but yeah, I mean, uh, certainly um, early second round, very end of the first round, I could see him getting there. Uh, after the draft all right thank you very much mike it's always fun picking your brain um why don't you tell the people where they can find you yeah so you uh can find me on twitter at beers water b-e-e-r-s water and um and at rotoviz i mean uh you know i'm working on the whole suite of tools there and we've added a ton of new stuff in the past year it's uh, it's been really exciting, actually, and a lot of fun. And we're continuing to add things every day now. I mean, just uh, this morning, I think I uh, I added the three man drafts from uh, that uh, Best Ball Tens just launched to our to our tools. We're tracking ADP for that. Awesome. Um, so yeah, check out Rotoviz, check out Beers Water on Twitter, and um, I'll try to give you some useful information, not just photos of my kids and dog. <laughs> <laughs> All, right. <clears throat> All right, Mike. Thanks so much. Thanks a lot, Mike. Stay yeah, safe thank out you there. Guys. You too. All right. Thank you, Mike. Those were some good tips. It was. I can't believe he's already done like over a handful of drafts this early in the year. That's dedication, my man. That's dedication. Just so you guys know, you know, as you know, this uh, this COVID situation, I have to leave for these guests. So good job, Michael and Jason, holding it down. You already know. I do what I do. You do what I do. You know, it's good to have good guests on. They they really carry the conversation. We're just here to mediate. True that. Uh, so, yeah, that's our free agency recap and best ball extravaganza episode. Thank you guys for Yikes. listening. I'm Brodo. We never Mike. agreed to call it that. <laughs> I, it, you know, it comes to me. I'm just, the fuck did you just call I'm it? special that way. Best ball extravaganza. Yeah, please don't title it extravaganza. that. Extravaganza. <laughs> I will not title it that. Don't worry. I'm Brodo FF Mike. Tim. At Brodo FF Tim J at Brodo FF Jason. Hey, see what we did there? Look at that. How how do we all do that? We are on BrotoFantasy.com. Go check out some true throw values from last season to get an extra edge if you are already doing best ball drafts. Because if you are, shout out to you for the dedication and time for that. We will be back with a patron episode. Sign up for our Patreon at patreon.com slash BrotoFantasy for extra episodes. We did release an exclusive Patreon episode a couple weeks ago, so check that out in our feed if you want to get an inside look at our Patreon episode. Listen, people. Right and now, there's no better time to listen to podcasts. It's true. And Facts. 
a decent amount of our uh, patron pods, besides the waiver ones, um, which ended a while ago, can really be listened to whenever. So true. There's a there's a nice uh, treasure cove there. They're they're less like uh, content based. They're more fun and just you know. Yeah. They're uh, we call them we call them in the industry evergreen. Evergreen because they're good forever. True that. They're good forever. But yeah. So yeah, check out those episodes. We had Nand with Defino on last week. That was a ton of fun. We got Mike Beers on today. More guests coming at you too. But yeah. Can I just can I just say one thing before we sign off? Do it. I, with the way that this offseason is going and the changing of the guards and so many quarterbacks going here and there and here and there, I really think that this year is going to be one of the more unpredictable years going into the season. So it's going to be even more valuable to get as much advice from, and not to sound cocky, but from us three as you possibly can because we've been through it, we've done it, we know what's up, and we can lead you to some championships. And this is, the, this is all the sports you're going to get right now. So true that. <laughs> This is a nice this is a nice break from what's going on for us. True. Talking sports. So we right. keep doing that on Patreon now. Thanks for listening, y'all. Later. Doses.